Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Really, when we peel back those layers and look at it, it is providing so much empathy. It's providing a lot of love and not being blaming, but really just being so clear and intentional on the way that we're communicating. Welcome to Habits You Love, a thought-provoking podcast about self-love, self-healing, and spiritual evolution. I'm Kayla Fazio, and with each episode, it is my mission to expand your mind to what you think is possible for you and provoke thoughts of looking at your own healing you may need and help you discover the power you have within you to build healthy habits and create a life you love. Now, let's get to the episode. Today, I have Morgan Winder on. If you don't know, she came on a couple months ago as the on-staff Habits You Love therapist. So I'm super grateful for her to join us. And we are bringing you monthly episodes. That's a little lie because we barely missed the April cut. So there is one um, in March, episode 49. You can find us talking about 10 signs that you might be a people pleaser. And I'm, I'm excited for this episode because we're going to kind of talk about how to overcome being a people pleaser based on those signs. If you listen to the episode and you're like, oh my gosh, I think I'm a people pleaser. Well, now we're going to help you overcome that so you can start taking your power back now. So welcome, Morgan. Thanks for joining us. I'm happy to yes. be back. Okay. So this episode, like I said, all about tips, tools that everyone can use. And maybe you and I have both used these to overcome people pleasing, which we know is a huge epidemic in society today. And I think for me personally, I just think it keeps people really small. It keeps people settled. It keeps people from, you know, standing up for themselves or putting themselves out there because they're trying to please so many different people with so many different aspects. So the first tool that we're going to get into today to start implementing now to stop trying to please everyone is we're going to try to set healthy boundaries. What is your experience with boundaries? I feel like with all people pleasing, you know, tendencies and that recovery, I definitely have a lot of experience with it. I would say the biggest when I think of boundaries, like the biggest component I think about is one, how important it is for people pleasing and really for recovering 
some of those habits and implementing changes. But I think really my experience with it is that difficulty to stick to the boundary. Um, That's my personal experience and also like my clinical experience where I see the most difficulty for clients when implementing boundaries is that second part of it, which is really sticking to that boundary, which is truly the toughest part to keep reinforcing that boundary, to really stick to what you said, because it can be so easy to kind of fold and go back to some previous habits. So I think my experience with boundaries is that difficulty really like sticking and being so stern and firm with that boundary. Yeah. Like you said, setting a boundary is just like starting a habit. So it's like you can say you're going to do something all day long, but the actual action behind it is what is the hardest. For me, boundaries, I didn't even, that word was not even in my vocabulary. (laughs) It was like, what is a boundary? I don't know what you're talking about. Everything was just loosey-goosey. Everything was a green light. I rarely said no to anything or anyone. I mean, obviously with discernment of like, obviously I'm not going to do certain things, but it was like... I was always saying yes to everything because if if this person asked me to do something small, I would say yes. But if even if someone asked me to do something big, I would say yes. And so it's not like a level playing field of actions or things you're saying yes to. It, it's like from things from very small to very big that can add up and you're just like overwhelmed and you're creating this pile of stress on your own self. So, I mean, boundaries to me looks like not putting so much on your plate, which even still, I'll get really good at setting boundaries, but then they kind of slowly start to wither away. And then I kind of go back and have a lot on my plate and then I just have to start cutting back. And it's kind of like the seesaw back and forth of like, I'm really good at it at setting boundaries. And then I'll just let things start creeping back in. And then I find myself overwhelmed. And then I have to, again, start really taking action to be like, nope, this is actually what I said I was going to do. And it worked last time. So I'm going to try to get it back going again. Yeah, absolutely. I love that point that it does ebb and flow. And it that's sheds light on so, so many good examples of boundaries isn't just implementing one boundary and everything kind of falls after that. Like it really is continuous work and continuous evaluation of what's working and what's not. And maybe did we get loose on some of those boundaries? Do we need to stay firm with some of those implement new ones? It really is a constant evaluation, which is exhausting and it is hard work. And I think that's really, again, what differs from saying it and wanting to just, you know, change habits to really putting into action a lot of those boundaries, it it really is tough and difficult and takes a lot of work and continuous effort. Absolutely. So right now, if you know you need to set some boundaries with a person, with a place of being, with somewhere maybe you don't need to go to, don't need to hang out at, like a toxic person you keep letting in your life, you know, even though you you maybe push them out for a little bit and you're like, no, I don't want to deal with you, but you let them kind of creep back in and start to deter your emotional health. That's a boundary you need to set right away. So I think in the last episode, I just like saying no is so powerful. That two letter word, just no. And if you can say that over and over and over and just say it once, just say it twice, three times, it really makes a huge impact. And you just start clearing the way and opening yourself up for better things to come into your life. I mean, even setting a boundary as far as like a toxic job, maybe. I know I'm having to work with someone right now that's like 
it's not that the job is not good enough for this person. And, but that person only is like, well, this is the only way I know how to make money. But it's like, if you can get yourself out of it and remove yourself as much as possible, you'll see that other things will be able to allow to flow and come in if you open up that space. But I feel like it's like a blockage almost. If you don't set that boundary, you're actually blocking yourself from letting other amazing, positive, healthy things in. So that's just what a boundary kind of means to me is like, it's almost like these little mini fences that you're, you're putting around and maybe the fence gets blown down a couple of times and you have to put it back up. But so another helpful tip and really like a baby stepping stone to the ability to say no firmly is an I feel I need statement. So an example of that would be, I feel overwhelmed and anxious. I need maybe that space. Maybe that's just time alone. Really just being able to express how you're feeling and what you need is another great way to set a boundary. And I love that tip too, because it really helps the person on the receiving end, especially if that's a relationship that's like newly starting some boundaries, really helping them understanding how you're feeling and what you need. It can just be a really clear, concise way to communicate that boundary. And another thing I see often of just another helpful tip is if someone is pushing back on your boundaries, it's even more of a telling sign that that boundary needs to be there. So if someone's not respecting it, someone's pushing back, I think oftentimes people feel guilty of like, okay, that boundary shouldn't be there then. But it it is quite the opposite of that means that boundary should be there even more. And that is kind of like that red flag waving of yes, implement some boundaries. Ooh, I love both of those tips. I'm going to start using that. I feel I I need. I really like that because sometimes... I have a really hard time expressing how I'm feeling when I'm overwhelmed and stressed with a boundary that's being crossed. So that's really good to just be like, okay, like surely this person isn't going to get mad at me if I tell them I feel overwhelmed. I feel maybe suffocated or whatever. So that's really good. And then a hundred percent on if someone is crossing your boundary over and over and over, it's going to be hard, but the homework would definitely be to really stick to your ground on that boundary. I think a good homework for everyone listening is like just for one week, pick a boundary that you want to set and really, really stick to it and see how much better you feel at the end of the week. I think that would be awesome. Absolutely. I love that. Maybe pick one or two. And then once you get that one down, start with another one. (laughs) Start with one at a time here. Awesome. Okay. So number two tool you can start implementing now is to really just learn how to trust your gut. This was something I definitely had to work on. And, you know, it's a cliche saying it's a, oh, trust your gut, your gut feelings. But honestly, it's so much science behind your stomach and the gut. I mean, they call it the second brain. There's actually like a hundred million neurons lining your entire digestive tract that will talk to your brain. And so this is not an, a cliche thing where it's like for fun. It's like an actual thing. If you don't feel right in your gut, in your stomach about something, it's really, really time to evaluate that and just pay more attention to it. Not to say you have to make a quick impulse decision right then and there, but start to notice the feelings that you get when you are around certain people, when a certain topic comes up with anything that you're doing. It's it's really important to learn how to trust your gut because it's actually a thing. Like they say, your gut is your highest form of wisdom, which I think is an amazing thing to 
constantly reflect back on. So yeah, just learning to trust your gut. I could not agree more trusting your intuition and just noticing all of those physical symptoms and noticing how your nervous system reacts to people is so, so important. It really is guiding us and helping us understand how we feel around those people and how we feel in those relationships or even when we're maybe engaging in a behavior or an activity of something that we really didn't genuinely want to do, but prioritize other people's needs over ours. So trusting those physical symptoms and really tuning in is just such a healthy habit in general to really get in sync and in tune with your body and really just from a holistic perspective, but especially when it comes to people pleasing and implementing those boundaries and assessing how you feel, just being so aware of that is truly, it's your guide. It's how you navigate everything. Yeah. Your body will definitely tell you what's going on around you. You'll physically feel it. When I look back every time that something didn't work out, a relationship, a business, I remember having bad feelings about it. And I just try to ignore them. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, it's fine. Like just this little thing right now is not right or not working, but ah, every single time. And it's would suck to waste so much time and years of your life because you are ignoring something that your body is literally trying to tell you. I mean, your body can't speak to you and be like, okay, Kayla, we're not going to go with this thing. Let's move on. So you really have to, again, learn to be in tune with your body. I think being in tune with your body is is like a major hack, <laughs> life hack, pro, pro tip here. If you really want to get anywhere in life and just feel good and not have so much stress and anxiety, it's, it's, not, it's not getting to the point where your body literally shuts down. You definitely don't want that where it's too late and now you have to really backtrack, it's better to just go ahead and get ahead of it and start to really slow down now. I think going with number one and setting boundaries now is a way that you can actually free up time and energy and thought into your body. If you start saying no and start setting these boundaries and you're not doing as many things as possible, you're not around these many people as possible, you can actually really get in tune with your body. So start with number one and then go to number two and start really listening to your body and to your gut. Yeah. And I love that point that you made of you don't have to act impulsively on what your body is telling you or maybe what you're feeling, but just staying really curious about it. Just starting to notice that more, tune into that more, stay curious on what is this feeling? Is there a pattern that I feel this way with this person? And really, again, just being so curious on why is that showing up? When is it showing up? And really just trying to figure out from there of what what is your body trying to tell you? Yep. And then start to make decisions from that and then see what happens. Maybe you eventually work something out and maybe something just needed to be, you know, a minor adjustment, but usually I would say it's meant for something not to work out or for you to not be with that person. So yeah, yeah, just trust your gut and go from there and see what happens and let us know what you trusted your gut on <laughs> and write into us and tell us yes. what you trusted your gut on and you made that decision and you moved on and you now can it grow and evolve and call in something much, much better in your life. All right. Number three, we are going to learn how to be assertive and stand up for ourselves. Oof, this is so hard. So, so hard. It's hard for me because 
well, this goes back to people pleasing. I don't like to hurt people's feelings, even if it's Mm. I'm either going to hurt myself or I'm going to hurt someone else. And we always want to take care of ourselves first. It's really hard for me to I mean, and maybe they won't even be upset. Maybe I'm just assuming that or I'm deciphering something for them. But I know for me, it's really hard for me to say something if I know that it's going to cause someone else to be upset or be angry. Not Maybe not even angry. I don't really think I could say anything to make anyone angry. But yeah, this is something I really, really had to learn how to do that I'm still constantly working on. But I know that you can't get anywhere in life. You can't get ahead in business and relationships and have a healthy relationship if you don't learn to be assertive, stand up for yourself, put your needs first and, you know, let them, let the other person react to what you do or what you say. And then that will show you everything about them as well. Yeah. Being assertive, I am, I can support all of your feelings on this because I feel the same way. Like the word assertive, I'm like, oh, like it just kind of like hits in the gut of, oh, like what a tough thing to do. What an important skill to learn though. When we think about communication techniques, I think people can be apprehensive to be assertive because they feel like it is just such on the opposite side of the spectrum of being passive when it really isn't. It's that sweet spot. It's in the middle and it's so important. We really can't set and stick to boundaries without being assertive. So it's so helpful for reinforcing that boundary, reinforcing our wants and needs, and just being able to have really great communication skills. I think people get a little bit confused on what assertiveness is too. Um, So some ways I love to describe it is this is being polite and respectful, right? We're not being disrespectful. We're listening with empathy. We're being firm, but we're not blaming. We're really specific about our concerns. And what is most important is that we're focusing on the behavior as the problem, not the person. So rather being like, you always do this and kind of really blaming that person and putting it all them, really focusing on the feelings, going back to that, I feel I need statement. So again, I think assertiveness kind of sometimes can feel so intimidating, but really when we peel back those layers and look at it, it is providing so much empathy. It's providing a lot of love and not being blaming, but really just being so clear and intentional on the way that we're communicating. Yeah, and I want to be clear. I'm actually very assertive in life. Like, I I was having this thought the other day because uh, we were in the airport in Denver and it's a long story, but basically I had to like do all these things. I was trying to take my dog to find a pet relief and all these obstacles were like coming in my way. And I was running through the airport and I was doing this, that zigzagging, trying to get it, trying to make it happen. And then I finally get back to my boyfriend. He's just like sitting there leisurely, like eating his food. (laughs) And I basically was like, women freaking just know how to get shit done. That was honestly my thought. Absolutely. Like I, I told him, I was like, you would have not been able to do what I just did. Like a hundred percent. And I have to kind of work on him. The word assertive has come up in our conversations a lot with, um, with us and our, and trying to help him be more assertive. I think he's And he'll even admit, like, I'm just a very passive person. And I feel like if you're a passive person, you're just going to get walked all over. And it's a huge people-pleasing sign of 
okay, yes, like I will stay small. I will stay down. I will do everything for everyone else. And so that's a big thing that we've had to work on with him is just being assertive with everything in life and not even just with people, but your own self. Honestly, like I'm just a go-getter. I put myself out there. I create opportunities for myself. I'm not afraid to put myself out there like that. My assertiveness more so comes from or lack thereof comes from, again, with the people pleasing aspect, not so much in life. <laughs> so yeah, that's a great example because it it isn't black and white. It's not all or nothing that either you're assertive or you're not. It really can show up in different areas of your life and we can struggle in different areas of our life. So I think that's a really nice thing to highlight is that if we're passive, it's not we're passive in all areas of our life. It could be struggling in different areas. But I love that visual of you just running through the airport, trying to get this shit done, trying to help your dog um, and him just relax and hanging out. It was a sight. I mean, I literally was (laughs) laughing as I was doing this because if there was a camera on me, it was like it was like a reality show. Like I I just running through the airport, all these obstacles getting in my way. I like um, I pull my phone out of my pocket as I'm running and my debit card falls out and some guy has to go, excuse me, ma'am, you dropped your card. So then I'm I don't know. It was just a sight and I was laughing at myself. But I know my boyfriend would probably have just been like, oh my God, like I can't do this. <laughs> so I get shit done. Like I am a get shit doneer, however you want to say that <laughs> in life. But when it comes to not wanting to hurt people's feelings in order to protect my own feelings, I'm really bad about being assertive. Yeah. And again, it's, it's so difficult to be assertive in that communication. I think really such a helpful step is learning the right tools and learning that language of having that non-blaming communication and being able to express your feelings and staying firm in that. I think once we have those really gentle, compassionate tools, it feels a lot easier to be assertive. Again, I think assertiveness just, it feels so intense and demanding, but really it is such a a clear, concise way of being non-blaming. And that is just so helpful for every relationship in our life with romantic partners, friends, family, that communication style is going to go a really long way. Yeah. What did you say at the beginning about assertiveness? Did you say polite and respectful? Yeah. Polite, okay. respectful, listening with empathy, you know, that non-blaming, but just being so clear and concise. Yeah. And I think just to kind of wrap up this point, learning to be assertive may actually get you a lot of things. Like for instance, if you are assertive in your job and your boss recognizes it, they might promote you and be like, oh my gosh, like look at you standing up for yourself and you know, whatever, tackling whatever it is. So there's obviously a lot of benefits to being assertive, just getting ahead in life, you know, having people take you seriously, that's another big thing. I think for me, I I feel like if you are a very passive person, people just won't take you very seriously. And they'll be like, eh, we can just walk all over that guy or that girl, you know? So um, it can actually have a lot of benefits when you do start to stand up for yourself, be assertive, and it might get you really far in life. I could not agree more. Absolutely. Yay. We are in alignment (laughs) with our (laughs) opinions about people pleasing, but I'm sure we both have to have 
had to work through all of these things. Honestly, I mean, I really was like, okay, what, what are some things that I've had to do in order to really put a halt on these behaviors and patterns that I have that weren't getting me very far. I'm 33 years old and I'm Mm -hmm. like, I could probably be a lot farther in life had I had implemented these tools in the past. So start now, start early, start as soon as possible. Even if you're older, start, you can still start anytime. All right, so I'm always trying to do right by my body. So when it comes to my hair and scalp health, finding a product that actually works and is made with clean ingredients always seems like a trade-off. But with Vegamore, I get products that are made with clean ingredients and give me visibly healthy hair and scalp. I'm able to have visibly thicker, fuller, shinier, longer hair, all without the harsh ingredients. Even better is that Vegamore products are 100% cruelty-free and are never formulated with potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. Since I have been using the Grow Essentials Kit, which contains all of the products you need, I swear my hair is growing so much faster. And when you sign up for a monthly membership, you save more and you never run low on the products you need to take care of your hair. The key is consistency in your routine for your most beautiful, healthy looking hair. I use the Vegamore Grow Hair Serum daily and my hair and scalp are flourishing. Fun fact, Vegamore sells one bottle of Grow Serum every 15 seconds on their website. That's when you know it's good. Get the hair you have always wanted with Vegamore. Go to vegamore.com habits and use code habits to save 20% on your first order. That's V-E-G-A-M com slash habits code habits. All right. So number four, we are going to not only come up with our priorities, think about our priorities, but maybe just writing your priorities down and really start to look at your life and start to question, is my life aligning with all of these priorities that I set for myself or the standards that I set for myself? And that can really show you where you need to kind of go through those one through three, setting your boundaries, trusting your gut, looking around, being in tune, and then being assertive in the areas of your life where it's not matching up with your standards. So what would you say about kind of like, you know, just recognizing your priorities and starting to, eh, starting to like melt away all the, all the things that aren't aligning up with it? I really enjoy this aspect of self-reflection and this helps with people pleasing, but it helps with so many areas of your life too. And I think something that really comes to mind is being mindful. Writing down your priorities is so intentional and so mindful of what are your wants and needs at this time. It helps you understand yourself a little bit better because this is something like boundaries that ebbs and flows. We're going to have different priorities through all different stages and seasons of our life. So being in tune with that and being reflective on that truly not only helps people pleasing, but it just helps our everyday behaviors and the choices that we're making. I think this really allows us to see the areas in our life that need to change. For example, this is something that when my schedule gets really, really busy and a lot of things are going on, I have to be mindful of like, what are my priorities right now? And it it is that bittersweet moment of kind of seeing and having that reality check of, okay, maybe I'm not prioritizing everything I need to be prioritizing. And maybe 
maybe my priorities are a little bit off right now, but what am I going to do and what boundaries need to be implemented? And maybe that's boundaries with myself, not even others of boundaries of time on my phone, boundaries of just what, what am I doing in my free time? So sometimes that's not even with our relationship with other people. It's really boundaries with ourselves. And that can be really challenging and difficult. Yeah. And it goes back to the ebb and flow of boundaries because when our priorities change, the boundaries we need to set will also change. So for instance, like right now, I have certain priorities that I didn't have six months ago because they have changed and evolved and I'm doing different things. So now it's like, okay, the things I was doing six months ago, I can't do now because my priorities have changed. I need more time. I need, yeah, like you said, setting, setting my own boundaries with myself, not on my phone all the time, more reading, being more in tune, and a lot of self-reflection. I like that you said that. Again, the ebb and flow of boundaries, the ebb and flow of priorities, and hopefully your priorities are always going in the positive direction and you're growing and evolving and you know positive things are happening in your life to where you do have to reevaluate and start setting different boundaries. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is really helpful for couples and families too, to really implement, especially for couples if maybe they're going through a little bit of a rough season. Uh, let's write down our priorities is there are more boundaries with our friends and we need to have boundaries to prioritize our relationship more and how are we going to do that or if that is a family with a really busy schedule writing down their priorities of what what is so important to us right now and what are we going to prioritize and value over everything else and again maybe that changes but just kind of accepting that that is going to ebb and flow and really re-evaluating that can be so beneficial to families couples your relationship with your self, relationship with friendships. It really can shift a lot of things. Yep. So I guess an example for to take it back to people pleasing is maybe you are done with the party scene and you have friends that are still in it and you kind of are having your gut feelings that maybe, you know, it's time to actually be an adult, move on, not engage in so many bad patterns and behaviors. So now your priorities are, okay, maybe I should get a job or a better job and I should really start taking care of myself and going to the gym. So now the boundaries that you have to set are with those people and those places and those behaviors that you just had a week or two ago, but maybe you're starting to come out of that. So that's kind of an example of how when your priorities change, your boundaries are going to have to change because maybe six months ago, you were fine hanging out with those people and going to those places, but now you're growing, you're evolving and standards and priorities are different and you have to set more boundaries and then stick to those. And then maybe six months from now, you'll have to change them and start even new boundaries. Yeah, absolutely. It really goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning of this is like continuous work, right? Like there's really no point where you implement boundaries and kind of everything really falls perfectly after that. It is continuous work and continuous shifting and assessing boundaries and assessing priorities. So I feel for the people who are like, this is a lot. Like this is exhausting and continuous hard work. And it really, really is because as we have different seasons of our life, again, this is all going to change. So it really is just continuous assessing and evaluating and really just being so mindful and self-reflective. Yeah. And maybe with that, try to put a positive label on it and say it's fun and put a spin on it. For instance, another example is my boyfriend and I's priorities have changed and we are now trying to figure out kind of our living situation. We've had so many different conversations and different directions we've gone, but it's caused us to start 
start saving more because we're trying to either like save for a house or save for something else. And so I was never a good saver. And so a boundary that I've had to put on myself is not spending as much money and really creating that habit of putting away money. And so, but I like try to make it fun. And so now I think, I don't know if I was having this conversation with you, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to put money in my savings. And like, I don't know, just putting that spin on it has really helped me because it's, I look forward to my paydays and when I get money, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to put money in my savings and see the the bills stacking up, not the payment bills, but the dollar bills. <laughs> so yeah, maybe just try to put a healthy spin on it and try to change it up and not make it feel like such a negative thing. Boundaries don't have to be a negative thing. They could be Absolutely. a fun, healthy thing. <laughs> yeah. And once you are in that rhythm and that habit of implementing these changes, it does feel so good because you can feel that reward and feel that shift in your body and your mind. So I think that that will naturally come to in a way that once you're seeing that progress and how much is changing around you and that that ripple effect, I think that will feel so exciting and really feel encouraging to want to keep implementing that habit. Yes, absolutely. All right. So the last one, we are um, down to the, the final tool here. I just put creating a mantra. I think having a good, solid sentence or phrase for yourself, for your life, for your future is really important to fall back on. And once you have done these one through four and setting those boundaries, trusting your gut, evaluating yourself, being in tune, setting your standards, I feel like it's easier to write out a phrase or a sentence. And that's kind of just your mantra. And maybe that's going to change. Again, this is ebbs and flows and it's a, a journey, but maybe right now in this season, you are like, I want this, I am this person, I want to change this and just creating that mantra because if you write something down and people start coming in, thoughts start coming in, patterns, habits start coming in, you can always reflect back on it and be like, I wrote this down because this is what I want my life to look like and how I want to feel. And I think, so I think that's really important. I've created so many different mantras and we'll have like one solid affirmation that I go back to. Um, it's it's usually a sentence, like it's usually like a, I am a, and then like three adjectives. And then that's the kind of like my affirmation slash mantra that I want to start feeling like. So I think that's really important for people to do. Mantras are amazing. Affirmations and mantras. I love, love, love this. There were a few that really stood out to me that I wanted to share and offer up for people if they wanted to implement this or give them some ideas. So one I love is I can respect the feelings of others and still honor my own. And I don't need to explain every decision I make. I don't need to accept every invitation to an argument. I don't need the opinions of others to understand who I am. I do what I need to do to keep my light so that I can be a light for those around me. And that last sentence, like, oof, I love that one because it is so important. And that is the really the importance of boundaries is preserving yourself so you can show up in healthy, great ways for other people when it, it is time to do so and when that meets your wants and needs. So really implementing that self-care and self-love to be able to show up in the way that you want for others rather than having that burnout and resentment and people pleasing. So I think a mantra can do a lot to really ground you back to 
that sense of what do I need? What do I want right now? And giving yourself permission to do so. Yep. And I think it just goes back to the basic manifestation rule, what you have your energy on, what your thoughts are, what you're focused on, you will attract. So if you're constantly telling yourself a positive mantra over and over and over all day, every day, you will start to notice those things actually happening, which is just a basic rule of manifestation. So a good, really simple, free tool that you can do at any moment in time. Absolutely. Yeah. And I truly believe in the station that you are putting that out to the universe and you are staying grounded and strong to that. So I think a mantra can go such a long way with people pleasing and really helping yourself overcome that it can be so empowering, so helpful, so supportive. So highly encourage everyone finding some mantras. Um, if you're having difficulty finding one your own and coming up with that statement, Pinterest is a great resource for that. Googling some really powerful helpful mantras is a great step. Yeah. One app that I love and I did have to pay for it for the year, but it is, you know, fairly cheap, but it's the I am app. I don't know if you've heard of it. I have not. It's so good. It's, um, it basically, well, it, it will send you reminders so you can really customize it to what you need. So you can say, I want positive affirmations in these areas of my life. You can set how many reminders it gives you and it'll pop up on your phone. So I think I have like five throughout the day where every couple hours it'll, it'll pop up. So it makes you obviously read it and then you say it out loud and it's great. So if anyone, I'll, I'll put that in the show notes, the link to the I am app. And yeah, I don't know. It just, it's just like the littlest things. <laughs> can Absolutely. I am downloading that today. Yes. And I love that it just comes up as a little gentle reminder, especially those who are on our phones a lot during the day. Like what a great thing and a little gentle reminder to get sent your way. Yeah. Let me, I'm going to share a couple that are mine today. Let me see. So this one is, and you can also just go to the app and swipe and you can just say it as many as you want because you can swipe and it'll give you a new one. So for instance, today mine is I'm a magnet for financial abundance and prosperity. I believe in myself and my power of manifestation. The universe sends me everything I desire. So, oh, this is a good one. I change my life by changing my thoughts and, and elevating my emotions. So anyway, those would just pop up and I would say them and I would try to feel the feelings of them and then a good little little boost in my day. <laughs> yeah, I love that recommendation. Yeah. Awesome, Morgan. Well, this has been great. Um, some tools to overcome people pleasing. And if you haven't listened to episode 49 and you don't know if you're a people pleaser, or maybe you kind of have an indication that you might be, there are 10 signs you might be in episode 49 that we go over. And actually there's a lot of good intertwining advice in there as well. Um, but this is kind of just the overall here are some five simple steps that you could take right now to start clearing the negative, toxic people, things, places, habits, behaviors out of your life and to start showing up for yourself better, start reevaluating yourself, being in tune, allowing things to come in to your life. So many things, just so many positive things, getting ahead in life, standing up for yourself. And yeah, that's what it's all about. The constant journey. Absolutely. And just like a little last tip yeah. it this truly does take practice. This isn't something that's mastered right away. Like this does take time. It takes a lot of patience and being gentle with yourself because it is difficult to switch that mindset and really start implementing these habits. So to everyone out there that is really starting to implement these changes and it feels uncomfortable and it 
it just doesn't feel super easy at first. That is so normal. And it just takes a lot of time and practice. So just being gentle with yourself. That is great. I know I've been doing this for years and I still am working on it. It's it's a constant work in progress. Absolutely. So it's not like a, okay, in one year I will be done with people pleasing. <laughs> it is. You recognize that you need to start and honestly, you might never stop <laughs> the journey. Yay. Well, thank you so much. I know this is going to be so helpful for so many people and I look forward to our next topic we're going to do for next month. We don't have it picked out yet, but it's going to be good, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I love talking talking about all of this and being here. So I'm very grateful and I'm so excited for the next topic. Yay. Well, have a great day. Have a great weekend and I will see you next time. You too. Bye. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.